Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Helping you tune out your annoying workmate. You're listening to Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Well, the big football news of the day today is Lionel Messi is not off to Saudi Arabia. He's not off to Barcelona. He's off to the football soccer hotspot of Miami. And joining us now, he's the publisher with USA Today, big football head. Nate Scott joins us. G'day, Nate. Hello. Thank you for having me. Um, how excited? How surprised? Uh, tell us about your your initial reaction to the to the news that one of the world's best ever soccer players is going to the MLS. Uh, not a little surprised, excited, of course, a little surprised that it happened this quickly. I thought we were probably a year or two away. I thought that there was going to be a, a reunification with Barcelona, but uh, I think people who've been paying attention closely have noticed that he spent quite a bit of time in Miami. This has been a possibility for a while, and, and here we are. What would his attraction to be to Miami be over any other club in the world? Um, Miami and MLS have made him a pretty interesting offer, and I think provided him a way to imagine his life after being a being a footballer, and that he can join the ownership group, become a leader with MLS, and basically take the the Beckham model. To be honest, um, where he can transition into being a football executive they're going to give him uh, a very nice package that allows him to get a lot of revenue from around the league and, and eventually transition to being an owner for miami and then also you live in miami it's a beautiful place um and messi i think for the first time in his adult life will be able to you know walk outside and be able to you know walk around yeah <laughs> he'll get bugged a little bit but it, it's not like it would be in barcelona you know he, he'll be able to have a life here can you tell me a bit about the structure of major league soccer then um are all the teams privately owned but overarched by league commissioners can you just sort of give me an, an explanation of how this the structure is it works like other american professional sports which are closed leagues franchises um and instead of a club basically being able to earn their way into the top flight via performance uh you earn your way into the top flight by having a rich owner pay a multi-hundred million dollar uh franchise expansion fee and then you are in the club um as such mls teams can have control over salary and control over trades and, and, and sales in and out of the league in ways that almost no other league on earth can. Um, for instance, when a player is sold from an MLS club, uh, the, those profits are split 
between all the all the clubs they've, mm. they've since made some exceptions to that but uh it's very different from kind of the rest of world football and, and functions a lot more like like a traditional american professional sports team so what would you like to see in the game in the wider game in the u.s with messi's arrival So MLS is at an interesting inflection point in that their on-field product is better, um, but not great. And a big problem is because of the closed structure and, and MLS teams actually have a salary cap. So even if they had one very, very wealthy owner who wanted to spend a lot, um, he or she would not actually be permitted to under the league rules. And what that means is... Uh, MLS has some very, very good top players and some horrible bottom players because that's the right way to sort of build a roster in, in terms of, of the amount of money you can spend, uh, which makes for a very bizarre product. You'll have Thierry Henry and Pirlo playing alongside guys who aren't that different from someone playing in a lower level in England League Two, for instance. Um, and so for for me, I think this is kind of I'm hoping that Messi and the attention and the and the influx of capital he can bring uh, and attention he can bring to the league is kind of a wake up call for the league that they, they can't keep focusing on bringing in big stars, the Beckhams, the Messies, and hope that that solves their problem. Because the problem is when stars like that go away, the fans go away. And I think a, a real you know, thing that I'm hoping to see here is that Messi will do a bit of what previous stars have done. Wayne Rooney was a, a noted example of this, which is call attention to the fact that the the salary level is way too low for the lower players. The quality of play isn't high enough. The teams fly commercial. They don't fly private. Um, and the, the, if Messi can kind of raise awareness for these issues and really sort of push the league forward, in raising the quality and signing better players, uh, I am hopeful that the the quality of the uh, you know the American soccer experiment will will improve. So it'll be inevitable that, as you say, Messi will bring eyeballs. He'll bring fans through the turnstiles at Miami home games and any games they play away. I think. Um, what would you call them, sort of latent soccer fans will probably go and watch. But the big thing that they have to do is turn a Messi fan into a Miami fan and they keep going and they keep buying merchandise and clicking over the turnstiles once he's gone. So what sort of steps do they need to take to, to cash in on these, I don't know how long he signed for, if it's two or three years? What, what do they need to do differently that they haven't done before with these marquee players? They have to improve the television product. That's a big part of this. Um, I mean, you see this with, with the Australian Soccer League. You see it in, in New Zealand. You see it everywhere. It's just, it's very easy right now to watch the best soccer in the world. And so that makes the product that's in your own backyard, even if it is okay or good, it why would you watch an MLS game on TV when you could watch the Premier League? You know, it's like, it, it just, it's it's better. The television product is better. The game is better. The players are better. Um, and so that is, I honestly think, a huge part of it. 
MLS just signed a big deal with a big deal with Apple TV as kind of this tr attempt to go global with a streaming platform, but it's an expensive subscription product. Are people really going to pay that to to watch MLS? Maybe they will with Messi, but then okay, you watch the Messi game, and as you said, why why do you watch the next MLS game if you're not watching Messi play? And I think the TV experience has to be a big part of it. Um, and then again, just just better roster development. If you look at the inner Miami roster right now, uh, it's messy, <laughs> and that's about it. It's a horrible team. <laughs> and they've got DeAndre Yedlin, and uh, that's. I mean, I, I I was a professional soccer writer in this country for. 10 years, I can name about three players on that team. They're just, they're, it's just not a very good squad. And so that, I mean, that's going to be the problem. And, and that's going to be, I don't think MLS fully understands how jarring an experience that is for a viewer to watch someone like, because we've had Henri, we've had Pirlo, we've had Rooney. And when you see them playing with what a, in comparison looks like a Sunday league footballer, it just, it kind of cheapens the experience. We're seeing this now much more pronounced with with Ronaldo in in the Saudi league it, it it looks silly when he's playing with these guys and MLS isn't quite that drastic but it, it the quality and the roster depth needs to get better and they need to field real starting 11 teams of of high quality if they want to compete with the, with the big leagues in the world and the only way to do that is to free up money and to free up spending so what's the standard like and what's the structure like in the sport underneath MLS, the, the college game, the uh, between college and MLS? What's the landscape like for the sport in the US? So they've done a lot of investment in kind of youth development once a few smart MLS owners a, created some rules where they could get rewarded for developing players and then selling them. And then realized that that was the best way to be competitive was actually not to hope that you would land a Messi or a Beckham, but was actually to develop that young talent. And the, and that happened only in the last five or 10 years, but that investment resulted in Christian Pulisic and Tyler Adams and, and Brendan Aronson and Weston McKinney are all now playing in the premier league. Like that, that bit of investment um, has really helped. Uh, and, and those youth programs tend to be run through the MLS clubs themselves as kind of academies, but now we're starting to build out semi-professional leagues, USL, USL2, which uh, are essentially acting as kind of, it operates a bit more like the Spanish league where a lot of the Serie B teams are just kind of youth teams for, or B teams for, for La Liga sides, um, La Liga B. Um, and so it's getting better. College is still an option. And the American college game is actually doing a bit to try and get more competitive. They used to just play three months out of the year. They now play year round to try and attract talented footballers in ways that they were losing them to these development programs. So it's, it's good. It's interesting. It's fun. America's a big country. I will say a lot of these lower level teams are getting much more creative with their jerseys and developing 
fun styles of play and doing sort of interesting things, but with with a locked MLS with a locked top division, they just they will never get the investment because no owners are going to come in and spend because there's there's a cap on what they can kind of achieve. Yeah, because you, you touched on something there, like America is a big country, a whole lot of people, really good stadiums, good academies across things, but trying to make inroads on the likes of the NFL, the NBA, Major League Baseball, NHL, they're the four cornerstones of American sport. And we see it in other countries like Australia's Aussie rules, cricket, NRL, um, the A-League football and rugby, and as hard as rugby and and soccer in, in Australia go, they just can't make inroads on those sort of top three. And, and I'm wondering, could they go to like a college draft system into the, into the MLS? Are, are there links between the top soccer colleges in America into an MLS team? Do they need to string some sort of umbilical cord between the top colleges and their, their local MLS team? They've done a super draft before. But the, the teams now are thinking that by the time kids get to college, it's too late, which I don't know if that's really intelligent thinking. I actually, uh, a, a New Zealand reference here, I, I had a really interesting conversation with, with Simon Elliott about uh, how he thought America's college system actually was an advantage because in countries where soccer isn't part of the culture as kind of a top, top, top sport. Footballers need more time to develop. And a lot of times the American college system, which he came through and then rode all the way to the premier league or someone like Clint Dempsey um, who played with him at Fulham. That's something that that American college system allowed a player who maybe didn't blossom until he was 18 or 19 to kind of find a path to professional soccer in a way that, to be honest, in England, if you're 18, 19, and you're not already linked with a, a top team, it's over. Like you, mm. you, you're kind of written off. It's a very, very rare exception. Someone like Jamie Vardy who can who can break that rule. But I think you bring up a good point, and especially in countries like the United States, like New Zealand, like like Australia, where where soccer will always be a little bit down the pecking order. Um, a lot of times footballers it's not like you're born into it it's not like you're messy ready to sign for barcelona at age six like you you have to find yourself you have to find the game and that and that american college system actually can be a, a pretty good way to to extend that career and, and allow players to find a, a path in late and the, the most recent example of this last thing i'll say on it is is matt turner who's now the arsenal backup goalie matt turner was a didn't start playing soccer till he was 16 years old um he's now an arsenal as as their backup keeper and played for united states every game in the world cup mm. um that doesn't happen in many other countries but the fact that he was able to find find the game play in soccer play in college find a way to mls and then become the best goalie in the country in his mid-20s is you know a testimony to 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 that system and that the ability to kind of find some time for players to develop. Talking to Nate Smith, uh, sorry, Nate Scott over there in the United States published for USA Today. Just the last thing I wanted to know about was the the structure of MLS. So you've, you've got Messi and you've talked about, you know, your 8th, ninth, 10th, 11th ranked player and your starting 11 is, is 
a million miles away, skill level. Is it mainly, apart from the rock stars, is it mainly Americans making up rosters or do you have other, do you have Chileans, Argentinians, South Africans making up your squads? There's a big South American pipeline coming up right now. And uh, there was one player, Diego Valeri, an Argentine who played for Portland, who really became a, a huge ambassador to Argentina um, and, and did a lot with youth players over there, basically saying, come up here. It's safer to live. Um, you know, it, you can have a nice life. MLS will showcase you to the European clubs and it's a wonderful stop on your way in your career or a place to make a career. Mm. Um, and that resonated with a, a lot of the young players. I think Messi is only now going to, it, that will multiply 10x that that Argentina to MLS pipeline. Mm. And some MLS clubs have gotten very smart about recruiting young uh, South American, Central American talent um, with the express purpose of trying to sell them on a few years later. MLS never used to do this. It was they never wanted to do it. It's all Americans or kind of aging stars. And there was this whole thing of we're not a selling league. We're a buying league. Selling is bad. And then a few owners basically said, you know what? No, we're going to, we're going to go find young talent and we're going to promise them and tell them that this is a stop along the way. And the first big success with that was Miguel Almiron, who's now with Newcastle and had an incredible season in the premier league. He signed with Atlanta United and everyone knew he was only going to be there for two or three years, but he developed, he played incredibly well. Atlanta started selling 70,000 seats per game to, to watch him and that, that team play. And then he moved on to the, to the premier league. And so, you know, that right now is what gets me excited about the league is that kind of young pipeline of South and Central American talent that comes through. And then you'll have the odd European, you'll have the odd, players from Africa, but that's really kind of what it is right now. It's mostly Americans and then uh, mostly from Argentina, Argentina, Paraguay, a few Central American countries. That's where that's where the talent is right now. Mm. Really interesting stuff, Nate. Uh, I appreciate you chatting to us out of the States today, uh, building towards it. It's a wee while off, but the World Cup's going to be in the States. Uh, it'll jump out at us before we even know it. And let's hope um, over the next few years you can develop some Americans and um it's potentially a sleeping giant, the MLS, and um, it's, it's a watch this space, and I will definitely be watching all of Messi's games. Uh, first time I'll watch MLS, I don't mind putting my hand up and saying it. Quite all right. Welcome. <laughs>